When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hi, this is Estelle Erasmus, your host for Freelance Writing Direct. In this short, soundbite-filled podcast, I'll cover everything the freelance and creative writer and author needs to do to move forward with their writing, their creativity, and their career. Through conversations with guests, we'll cover tips, tricks and actionable strategies. So join me every week and grow your business and build your craft with Freelance Writing Direct. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. Hi, everybody. It's Estelle Erasmus for Freelance Writing Direct. And I am so excited. I'm like, over the moon today with my guest, Jane L. Rosen. And I have such a great respect for Jane. I have to show you her books, Nine Women, One Dress, and then Eliza Starts a Rumor and A Shoe Story. And her latest book is On Fire Island, which you can see behind her where she's standing. And I just want to tell you a little bit about her, besides that she's an author, screenwriter, and Huffington Post contributor. She lives in New York City and Fire Island with her husband and three daughters. She's the author of, as I said, Nine Women, One Dress, Eliza Starts a Rumor, A Shoe Story, and now On Fire Island. And on Fire Island just got an amazing review from Publishers Weekly, and I want to read it to you because it's just so lovely and heartwarming. In Rosen's poignant and humorous latest, After a Shoe Story, the ghost of a recently deceased woman observes her loved ones as they try to move on. Editor Julia and writer Ben Morse had an idyllic marriage before Julia died from cancer. Ben, devastated, ditches the Shiva service at their New York City apartment for a trip to Fire Island, where he and Julia shared many happy moments. Julia follows him and witnesses their friends react to her absence and continue their lives without her. As well, Ben finds companionship and a foil in Shep. 
who owned the Morrises' house for many years with his late wife and can't seem to stay away. Meanwhile, Julia's best friend, Renee, whose dull husband finally ditched her for his assistant, finds comfort and affection in Gabe, a drummer 20 years her junior. A plumber, her teen son, Maddie, exclaims when they meet, pretending he didn't hear correctly. Rosen has a winning sense of humor, bringing levity not to awkward and painful moments, and she packs the narrative with vivid details of beach life and city life. This is a treat. So congratulations on that wonderful review from Publishers Weekly. Thank you. It means so much when a trade, you know, a trade that like that gives you a great review. And it's a treat, you know, which it really is. So I just want to dive into this because as you can see, I've read all three of your other books and I read On Fire Island. And when I first started reading, I was like, oh my God, this is, the protagonist is deceased. And I'm kind of a squeamish person. I'm thinking, I love her work. I love her writing. How am I going to react to this? But you really drew me in with your narrative, with your character development, with the stories, with the, the stories of the marriage between Julia, an editor, and her husband who become a widower, obviously. And I think that it really was a different choice than what you've done before for your three previous books. So can you talk to me a little bit about why you made this choice and how you wanted to incorporate it into the other POVs? So On Fire Island was originally a screenplay because I was originally a screenwriter. So this screenplay was actually with Harvey Weinstein when he was arrested, not physically on him, but with his company at the time. So now like, it's the story I've always wanted to tell. It's the story that means more to me than any other story. But in the screenplay, it was just three men. Julie was hard, you know, she was mentioned, she was talked about, but she wasn't the narrator. So now fast forward to me deciding to write this as a novel and already, you know, establishing myself as, let's say, a woman's fiction writer. I wanted to bring the female voice, you know, for to the forefront for the book. Well, whose voice would be better than Julia's? So basically, I incorporated her telling the story, which opened up so much for me. And it opened up the chance to talk about, you know, their life together. And it opened up the chance to talk about, you know, more female issues like childbearing and things like that and infertility and all these different things. So it kind of grew into that. And the idea of picking somebody who was no longer in the physical plane, like how did that evolve? I realized that it was a screenplay, but how did you come up with that? Is it based very loosely on somebody that was in your life or was it just a point of view based on what seeing the movies or something that you came up with so my sister passed away at 39 years old so i and it was a while ago but i'm very and it was of breast cancer not ovarian but i'm very familiar with someone passing at that time and my sister had children and at the time 
I thought if she didn't have children, it would have been so much easier for her to just let go. And so there was a lot of that in it. I also, because my sister passed away and my father passed away when I was 11, it's always been very important to me to keep these people in my life, in my like daily life. So with that being said, I, I wanted to show that approach to death, like that someone's not really gone. You know what I mean? And yeah. I took a six week class with a rabbi in London about the afterlife and kind of the Kabbalistic view of the afterlife. And I learned so much from that. And then I went and did some work with like mediums to see, you know, how that would be. I'd never done that before. So all of those things kind of all came together. Also, my mom passed away a few years ago, but the experience of my mom passing away at my age now, not as not when I was a kid, had me really like looking for signs after she died. And I felt like different things happened. I had dreams, different things happened that also made me a little more of a believer in this afterlife situation. So I think I took all of that and brought it together to create Julia and feel like it wasn't just a lark that the ghost is like, like that there's some proof behind it in my head that this could actually occur. Jane, that's fascinating and explains so much of the grounding behind what you wrote, because it's almost like it, there's nothing in this book that feels woo, you know, a ghost. Is it's right. very grounded. It's very much Julia kind of being her same personality that she was when she was alive, but having a bit more perspective, so to speak, and having powers. Obviously, she could choose to go here and there in different places. But that is really, I think, the fact that you dealt with grief on different levels and losing somebody. And so you could write it from the perspective of somebody dealing with grief and somebody healing. And I think that you cover both in your book so beautifully. And yet there's humor. So talk to me about the humor because you're funny and nobody expects, I'm always like, oh God, a book about grief, a, book, a sad story. But the humor and the side, not side characters, but Shep is definitely a funny, funny one. And <laughs> as, and, and, you know, you sort of have, you like having these maybe older Jewish men as kind of these foils that are hilarious. I mean, you had Cy in A Shoe Story and you had Max in, in Nine Women, One Dress. And uh, so talk to me about the evolution of that and, and a little bit more about the humor and how you either consciously want to put it in or this is just who you are. I mean, okay, so life throws things at you, right? And you can't do much about that usually, but you can like still see the humor in things. And sometimes in the worst moments, the funniest things happen. And because of the contrast between them being the worst moments and the funny thing happening, it makes it even funnier because you kind of need that release to laugh. I mean, I could tell you a zillion stories, things that happened during like 
my own shivers for people that I love that were so funny, but you laugh all the more deeply because you're in pain, right? So it's like the contrast makes it, it's like a mountain, you know, the peaks and valleys. And when you're at your lowest and something funny happens, it just, it doesn't stop happening just because you're at your lowest. Funny things happen all the time. And that's what life is, good, bad, good, bad, funny, sad. I mean, so that's the way I like to write. I like to, you can't just stop living because something happened and not laugh. You know? so, so it's like a release, but it's like, this is just how you look at life or did you consciously decide in a book that had death as a main character to add in humor? I didn't consciously decide. It's just the way I think. And okay. I don't think that one should be curtailed. I mean, who would want to read this book anyway, if there wasn't all this laughter in it? There's so much laughter in it. There I really is. So talk about the Shep and your choices of these kind of old, funny, quirky, eccentric men in, in almost each of your books. I know. I, <laughs> I didn't even really realize that that was a pattern for me. And I guess it is. I guess I could blame it on my dad dying when I was so young. And maybe I have a hankering to be near an old guy to have someone around me. Although I don't think my father was quirky or particularly funny the funny thing is in a shoe story Sai, the older character is directly taken his whole trip in world war ii is directly taken from my father's time in world war ii in the coast guard i researched his boat number i got his letters that he wrote home from his to his mom so that entire story is literally based on my dad though Sai is nothing like my dad and that was my father's name but he's nothing like him he's quirkier and he's a fish guy and all these different things that he is it's not my dad's personality it's my dad's story in world war ii and it's my dad's love story with my mother all taken right into the book so i think it all has to do with me losing my dad if i really wanted to get you know yeah. psychologically into my brain i probably like to spend time with an old guy that i don't that i didn't have you know wow all the how creative. I mean, what a creative way to fulfill yeah. that, you know, yeah. that kind of gap. I wasn't doing it on purpose, just right. happened. I think it really adds depth to it. So you kind of have, it's almost like fashion is a fourth or fifth character in your books. So is that a passion of yours? Well, Nine Women, One Dress specifically came to me because, you know, it's the story of one dress and nine women who wear it and the one dress is at Bloomingdale's. And I was in JFK airport at the, at the luggage carousel and someone knew I was a writer. I was a screenwriter at the time and said, you know, I have a great story. I heard about a dress at Bloomingdale's that came back covered in formaldehyde. And I was like, whoa. And I couldn't stop thinking of it. And I took that and that's obviously the ending. You know, yes. no, no big deal, but I took it and traced it back through nine different women. So like being that that was my first novel and it was about the dress, I then thought about the shoes. So it's not so much, I mean, I was in the garment center and that is why nine women one dress has so many like little idiosyncrasies that are so spot on. 
because it was my first career. And so obviously fashion was a thing for me, but I would say at this age, I'm not all that into fashion. But after I wrote the shoe book and tried on all those shoes and oh my goodness, like Louboutin gave me shoes, everything. I, I now I'm a shoe obsessed. So it's kind of like art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life. Hi, this is Estella Rasmus, your host, and I'm the author of Writing That Gets Noticed, Find Your Voice, Become a Better Storyteller, Get Published, which is available for pre-order from New World Library. And if you send me a receipt showing that you have ordered the book, I am happy to send you my 10 best writing tips. Email me at freelancewritingdirect at gmail.com, and I can't wait for you to read the book. me about if somebody is trying to write a novel how do you recommend that someone start or even start coming up with an idea or structuring it like what kind of actionable advice can you offer I, I think my most actionable advice is really just to write like no one else is reading it just to sit down and start First of all, that's the number one thing. If you don't start, if you just keep talking about, a lot of people want to write memoirs, I find lately that talk to me. If you just keep talking about, I'm going to write this memoir, you're not going to just start. It doesn't matter. It's not going to look anything like what it looks like at the end when you start it. Just start it. And I love to just get up in the morning and write. So if you have that luxury, when your brain is clear, just keep going. And if you get stuck, don't let people say they have writer's block. Just keep writing, write right through it. If you have to put a few X's in your manuscript because you can't think of a word or you can't complete an idea, but you know it's somewhere in your brain, just keep going. Put some X's to mark your spot, keep going. So those are some things that I- I write do. the word something. When I can't find a word, I write just something, you know, and then just yeah. keep going. But, you know, a lot of times people just feel consumed with their day to day. You could write anywhere. Yes, yes. You could write on your phone. I write on my phone all the time. If I'm sitting on the subway, I take out my notes. And if something comes to me, I just, it doesn't mean you have to use it, but yeah. you could write on your phone. I want to ask you, like, what is coming up for you next? I know that Eliza Starts a Rumor was is being optioned and looked at for a TV series. So what's, you know, how things evolving? <laughs> That's a very exciting thing. I, I'm loving the producer that optioned it. And I'm really just, I just have such a comfortable relationship with her. Her name is Dana Honor and she's fantastic. And I just feel confident in her. And she's also a great communicator, which is usually, I mean, I sold nine women, one dress to, to people. I'm not going to say who, but I never heard anything except when it was time to renew the option. So this has been a great experience because I'm a little, I don't, I'm not writing it, but I'm a little more involved and I'm kept up to date, which is a beautiful thing. And I'm excited. I'm very excited to see, because I was a screenwriter. I'm very excited to see something come to life and be able to watch it on television. Do you watch a lot of television? I have to ask the question. I do watch television at night before I go to sleep. Yes. What anything I loved shrinking. Did you watch that? No. Oh, it's fantastic. That's been my favorite lately. 
I'm going to add it. I've been watching Succession. I mean, that was don't say anything about Succession. I'm not caught up. Okay, won't say a word. (laughs) Won't say a word. Don't say a word because every time I go on Instagram, I'm like, oh, I think I know what happened on Succession. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. People (laughs) should have the warnings on those things. Crawl in a hole. And are you working on a new project? Like when you finish a book, I'm, because you're so prolific, right? So like, what do you start working on another project the minute you're done? Pretty much. I mean, somehow I've gotten on this merry-go-round of just spitting out the books, but I also appreciate it so much because I'm, I'm not, if I'm not working on something, I'm not really happy. I, I like to have something to work on. Right now I'm writing a book called Seven Summer Weekends, which is also set in Fire Island. I like so, the title. I like alliteration. So Seven Summer Week. I like that. Me too. Which is funny because it could really be eight summer weekends, but it just doesn't sound as good. Keep the, yeah, keep the alliteration so it's, going. It's kind of like, you know, trapping me in this seven, but I do love the name. But you like the setting of Fire Island, clearly. So that's... Yes. I mean, I I also love New York City. And I I don't think I'm going to just stick with Fire Island. There's not that much that you could do in Fire Island because it's kind of like a Groundhog Day-ish kind of place. Like you've been there, you know. I've been there, yeah. It's just really like every Monday is the same. Every Tuesday is the same. It's just... It's relaxing. There's something relaxing about it. because there are no cars the pace of the city. I remember getting, I used to have a share house in my twenties decades ago. I remember getting on the ferry and you just would leave and you'd be like, you know, and then you would see, and you remembered where I was at Cornell Estates, but I was also at the main one, which was Ocean Beach. Ocean Beach. And then everyone would go to the market. There was kind of like one market. And everyone would wheel their trolleys back from the market. <laughs> it was so I, I met my husband because he got arrested at that market for drinking a Snapple. OMG, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and I went into the police station with him. We had just met and we walked up to the beach to get a snapple. And I followed him into the police station. And I said, this is my boyfriend. He just got off the boat. And I was explaining the rules to him when you took him in. And I don't think that's fair. I didn't even have a chance to explain. And they let him off. And literally that was it. We were engaged five and a half months later. He was like, you're sticking by my side. I you just told oh, me. wow. You really yeah. proved your medal. That's Isn't that something. funny? And then yeah. there's a, I don't want to give too much away about your book, but there is a jail or a potential jail scene in there too, but I don't want to give it away. It's mm-hmm. such a great read and I, I'm so Thank thrilled you. to be talking to you. Where can people find you on social media? And online? I mean, I, I think that I'm mostly an Instagram girl, <laughs> you know, I have a Facebook and a lot of people follow me on Facebook at Jane L. Rosen. But I think I pay the most attention to my Instagram, which is also Jane L. Rosen. And uh, yeah, I, especially if you've read a shoe story, I have every shoe in a shoe story on my Instagram page. So it's very fun. That is funny. You, you appeal to so many people. It's people who like good stories, people who like fashion, people who like kind of sagas, like, you know, the sisterhood of the traveling pants. I, that's sort of 
nine women, one dress, but a little bit different. Historical Jewish culture, because that's imbued in, in all your books, and wonderful women protagonists who go for what they want and have relationships in a brave way. So Jane, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing about your journey, about your book, some tips on writing, and everyone get her book on Fire Island, the latest, the greatest, and not the last by any means. So thank you, Jane. Thank you so much, Estelle. I loved chatting with you and I really appreciate all your support. Thank you. My pleasure. And everyone stay tuned. There's so much more happening with Freelance Writing Direct. Bye. Follow me at EstelleSErasmus.com on my website and on social media, which is Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Estelle S. Erasmus. And we're now on YouTube for Freelance Writing Direct. And if you're interested in sponsoring an episode or two or doing an episode takeover, please email me at freelancewritingdirect at gmail.com. Follow along and soon everyone will be reading what you're writing.